why the hell are you outside? Oh, you know, I thought I'd take up smoking. Why do you think the place is locked? It's locked? What the fuck? Where the hell are we trying to do the show? And get my coffee. I'm very angry when I don't get my coffee. No worries. No worries. I will call the owner and we will get this all settled. Hello? Hello? Lorraine, what happened? Where's everyone? What happened, huh? Well, your little investigation on the death of that waitress brought unwanted attention to my establishment, and I had to shut this place down. Wait, I thought your place was doing better because of all the attention the murder brought to it. Well, it was for, for a week or two, and then it got really busy, and I didn't have time to do all the paperwork and pay the bills on time that come with owning a restaurant. I gave a big chunk of money to the manager thinking I had enough. Not knowing that prick just spent it all on some young floozy he met one night at the strip joint. Really? Uh, we may need the name of that establishment to go there for, um, some research. Agent Vern, you know Mr. Soto does not allow the use of company funds for such places. Yeah, but what about that one New Year's party? If you want to stay on this case, I highly advise you never bring that up again. I'm sorry, Lorraine. How much money did you give him? Honestly, not that much. Just four grand. Shit, with all the attention in the press that we were getting, the amount of customers, I just assumed I could easily earn that money back and get whatever was left to pay the bills, no problem. So, what happened? Well, we got visits from this true crime podcast wannabe trying to crack the case of who killed Ashley. They would bother my staff and even interrogate my customers. And when word got around that the manager was acting lewd and non-professional to Ashley, that's when people stopped coming. I asked him to step down until all of that cleared, but he refused. I don't know what to do. His fucking uncle is goddamn health inspector. I'm sorry, that is rough. I know that Mr. Soto would be glad to use our resources to help fix this. Look, look, I know you mean well, but please, for the love of whoever you people want to pray to, please shut the fuck up. It's your damn fault I'm in this mess. What do you mean by you people? Men. Fucking men. You dirty cunt. And this goddamn true crime bullshit you're doing. I thought we were past this, but you had to bring it up again. Now look, there's a key under the back mat, and you can let yourself in and finish your podcast. Make yourself a cup of coffee, but I am done. Yeah, we can do that. That's no problem. I found something in Ash's locker. I'm surprised the police didn't grab it. It's a cassette tape. A cassette tape? All right, Ryan. Well, let's uh, let's get on to the back door there. No pun intended. Except no substitutes, baby. This is, we're we're back to the Double R Diner. Back. We're here. Hell yeah. Uh, we got the place to ourselves too. Yeah, I'm gonna get all that apple pie. I'm yeah, get some I want to pie on the road, baby. There, oh, there's like a lot of donuts here. Let, grab a seat, Ryan. I'm gonna grab some donuts. Wait, coffee or just anything up there. I mean, we have the whole place to ourselves. We can make anything we want here, man. Yeah, let's get some coffee with some non, uh, some non-sugar creamer. Mix that up with the apple pie. Oh my God, it's gonna be so good. Oh, Mm-mm-mm. Beautiful.
Hi guys, I'm Bubba Wheat. And I am Rob Branch. And we are coming at you with a new podcast called Lyrical Innuendo, where we have every episode ask the question that is the most important question in music, and that is, is this song about sex? Mm. So you can find us at rabbitholepodcast.com on Anchor or Stitcher. Yeah, that sounds good. So why don't you just sit down, pop a Viagra, and um, make sure to swallow, because this is going to get deep. Montclair's last puff tastes as fresh as the first puff. Montclair's last puff tastes as fresh as the first puff. Because Montclair's menthol is in the tip. Not in the fine tobacco. Montclair's last puff. Taste as fresh as the first puff. Smoke Montclair Modern Cigarettes. Smoke Montclair Modern Cigarettes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Tales from the Double R. Continue to look at the series of Twin Peaks. Um, we should let you know that this uh, audio investigation is being sponsored by Audible. Oh, it is? It is, yes. Awesome. If you go to Rabbit Hole Podcast slash Audible, you too can get 30 days of audiobook goodness and anything you have in that trial period, you get to keep whatever you download. It's kind of cool. So you can actually listen to books. Maybe, I'm sure there are probably other books out there in the Audible Sphere that give more details about Twin Peaks. And they have original audio dramas as well. They do, yes. So you get a free 30-day trial, and anything you keep, listen to, or download within that 30-day trial, once that trial's done, you can still keep it, right? It's pretty cool. What a company. It is. What a company. If you go to rabbitholepodcast.com, uh, I'm sure our esteemed... Uh, you know, uh, I guess our esteemed our benefactor. Bene- benefactor, Jason Soto, will put all that detail in there. So, yes, uh, go to Audible. And we should let you know, too, that uh, a lot of our case files will be available early on the Patreon page. So, yes, Patreon from Rebel Podcast. And we promise you, in the midst of our second season, we will be releasing exclusive Patreon episodes that's only going to be available Ooh. for patreon subscribers so it'd be very cool but uh right now we are continuing our series we are like on the last case file of season one yeah with everything it's, leads to this all roads lead to this episode it was been it's been quite a deal there ryan i gotta say man all right yeah it's been uh quite the I guess investigation that's been happening so far. Yeah, I'm very yeah. excited about that. Uh, when we begin this particular case file, uh, Donna and James have broken into Jacoby's place to find clues about Laura. And they do yes, find... Yes, and his place has a lot of uh, inspired uh, paneling on the walls, which reminded me of the movie Scarface. You know it? That is a very good connection there. Because it begins with that palm tree, and I believe 
that little palm tree setting was, uh, I guess, the headquarters of Robert Loggia's character. Wasn't that his? Yes, that was him. Yeah, okay. Sweetest. All right. Uh, yeah, they go there and they actually defined the coconut that had Laura's tape and they found the other half of the necklace. Yes. Okay. Uh, see, when I haven't gone here, Ryan, you're just here to help me sure that I don't make any mistakes. Oh, it's too late. Oh, sorry. And, cool question, man. How, how am I sounding on this device here? Am I sounding okay? I didn't check that. Yeah, you sound good. Okay, all right. I always sound echoey. Do I? I sound... No, no, no. Okay. No, no, you're good. Okay. Well, you know, sometimes... At least on this end, you're good. Well, rapid whole podcast, they, you know, just... We, we're given whatever they give us, all right? And sometimes it's not the best equipment, so... Just make sure that we all that worked out. Yeah. All right. Now, this is the goodwill of podcasts. <laughs> we get everything as hand-me-downs. So, Jacoby... This microphone, made of cheese. Ooh, so you got the good time. Oh, mine's nom, not... Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> so, Jacoby, he goes to meet who he thinks is Laura. Yes. So it turns out... His point of view is the last thing we saw in the previous case file. Oh. He was the one lurking behind the bushes. But there's somebody else there. Oh, shit. That's right. So this masked assailant grabs Jacoby and attacks him. And yeah. we see, like, a sort of look through his eye at something. Is that Yeah, so it's interesting that this is a reference to Psycho. Where we uh, go, we dolly into Janet Lee's eye, and then it becomes the drain in the shower. And here it goes from Jacoby's eye to a roulette wheel, and it's kind of an in, it's an indicator that Mark Frost, who wrote and directed this episode, the first he ever directed, was sure that he would never get another chance to direct an episode of television ever again. <laughs> so he is directing like a starving man who just found a Christmas ham. Oh, sure. And he is just attacking <laughs> Oh, that's going to be great. I didn't think about that, uh, all the references. And since Ryan here, folks, is an expert on movies and directors, by the way, please check out his other show, um, the uh wait the the not was not one track mind sorry one track mind yep my mind and reels of justice yes but I'm gonna mention about one track mind because he focuses on movies through the auto commentary of the directors and I gotta say it's cool probably even a little bit more cooler than this show but still no. No, um, not cooler than this show, Vern. You a flatter me. It's very, very cool show. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm flabbergasted that you took, took time out of doing that to help us out with these case files, man. So I gotta. Somebody's got to foot the bill. <laughs> so, okay. So after that, we go to One-Eyed Jacks, and yes. Cooper is there, and he... So's Ed. Yep, Ed's there, too. They're all there. But... Cooper ends up meeting up with Jacques and yes. gives Jacques him Renault. gives him a poker chip that's like bent and mentions Leo's name. Alright. Right. Now at the same place, uh Audrey is there because Oh my god, Audrey in this episode. 
hot. I can't even deal, hot. man. Hot. Very. Oh yes. my god. She, she, looks, she does look amazing. Actually, I won't lie there. But uh, she is told that she'll be meeting the owner of this place. So that's what Blackie tells her. Now. And also, uh, Cooper and Ed are posing as Fred and Barney. Yes. I don't really expect Flintstones references in Twin Peaks, but I'm glad we get them. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. And I guess the part two, because uh, Cooper is posing as a banker for Leo. All right. Right. And I guess he sort of like scams Jacques to do some sort of deed of bringing goods somewhere. Uh, he also does get clues from Jacques about Laura. And Jacques says uh, that he was there with Laura. The broken chip was due to this bird who left little love pecks on Laura. Yep. She was tied up. And the key word there that uh, Jacques said that Leo was saying, bite the bullet, baby, bite the bullet to the bird. And during this time, there are extreme close-ups of Jacques' mouth as he's saying these terrible things. And it's one of the most revolting things I've ever seen in my entire life. See, like, the end of Requiem for a Dream <laughs> is not as disturbing as the close-ups on Jacques' mouth. Wow. That's true, but that's, that's something I never want to see again. Right. Yeah, I can easily I, watch Requiem for a Dream. I've got it in my brain. I don't want it there anymore. I just want to. I just want to take a, a trepanning device and just just screw it into my brain and take it out. I never want to think about it again. That's so weird. See, I can watch Requiem for a Dream like in no problem. It's just it's like comfort food. I watch it every Easter with my family. See, there you go. See, see, I usually I try to watch Hereditary with my family. Oh, well, see, that, that's fair. See, you know. That's a, that's a good family movie. Exactly. See, Good family dynamics. You know, putting all the families there, right? Uh, so, yeah. So, get back to the show or back to the case file. Um, where is my... Oh, God, what are here? My notes are... What, okay. Ah, my notes. What the fuck my notes? Okay. So, uh, Shelly um, is attacked by Leo. As she's trying to wash her hair in the sink. Because yeah. I guess they don't have a shower. Yes. So I forgot to thank you, Ryan. Yeah, she's in the sink washing her hair. She's trying to grab the towel, and Leo's there. Uh, attacked by Leo, but we don't know what's going to happen at this point. Now, right. Harry and Andy are waiting for shock to make the drop to arrest him for the murder. Uh, he ends up pulling a gun, but Andy is the one to shoot him. Yeah, Andy steps up, man. Andy just mans up right there, so shit, way to go, Andy. Now, uh, back at, I don't know if they're at, if James and Donna are at, yeah, they're at her place, they're at Donna's house. Yeah, yeah. So James and Donna are at their, her house, and they listen to Laura's tape, and on the tape she mentions that James is too sweet of a guy, and then she talks about this mystery guy that has this, like, red Corvette, and that will kill her, er, but it's clear that she got off on it. Yeah, she says that he lights her F-I-R-E. Yeah. Which is sad. That she, makes me sad. She, she wants a guy that lights a little bit of danger, I guess. Like, those psychopathic danger, like, but mostly unstable guys. And like, yeah, well, I mean, when you're treated as badly as Laura is, you tend to retreat to unsavory characters. No, when they see a mostly unstable, like, 
I cry for no reason sometimes. Am, am I... Is that is that the tip of No, danger? that's perfectly normal. I do that too. Okay, but that is that is incredibly normal? Is that the tip of like, danger that she's looking for? Like just I think that... she's looking to be further abused because she doesn't know anything better. She's looking to be. Fr- I think that she's gotten used to being treated like garbage, and I guess she kind of seeks it out now. It's it's like Damn a it. she's seeking out danger. I can't I can't do that. No. Yeah, I can't either. Like, I, I did a girl once that asked me to be a little bit more rough with her at times. So I'm like, ah, I don't know. I just, I can't, I mean, I can give you some spankings here and there, but. Yeah, that's I, where I give a polite, no thank you. I'm like, I, no, I, I'm good. I can't be that, that rough with you, all right? You know, I'm like, like, do you want me to turn to, you know, a full Republican? I can do that. I can act that out for a little bit. And well, that's. <laughs> But that's it. That's I'm learning rough... more about you than I've ever learned about you. That's that's the most I can do is like be a complete asshole. I can pretend to do that, all right? Oh, I don't need to pretend. I'm an <laughs> asshole. I can deal with it. Uh, okay. So after that, um, uh, well, then one thing I should mention too that uh, James doesn't believe that Jacoby killed Laura, but Donna doesn't quite believe that and asked. How does he have the necklace, and why? Right. Right. So, next sequence we see Leo, that motherfucker Leo. I hate Fucking you so much. Ponytail Leo, I hate you, Leo. I mean, there's a lot of horrible men in. Oh, there's a surplus town. of horrible men in Just this like town. Really bad men, but Leo takes the cake in this one because he ties up Shelley and asks her to think about what happened. In an hour, otherwise Bobby will be killed. He's not the shitbag, but he's a shitbag. Oh, he's very much a fucking shitbag, alright? We're gonna get to a different shitbag a little later in this podcast. Yeah, that's true, alright. Uh, so, next sequence, we are, are we see Nadine, uh, the yes. girl who's trying to put together the drapes. She's married to Ed. And Nadine takes a shitload of, I guess they're sleeping pills. Barbiturates. Barbiturates, to, to kill herself. Yes. And as she does so, they play the main theme, Julie Cruz is falling, but they adapt it into an Irish jig for some reason. And it's very discombobulating <laughs> with the suicide attempt being shown on screen. I could not make heads. I watched this episode twice to prepare for this episode, and both times I could not get my brain around it. That's weird like, as fuck. Why do they play that? I don't get it, but whatever. That is so weird. Oh, speaking of which, listeners out here should go back and listen to an episode of That's the Bombio. Hella rad movies of the 90s where both Ryan and myself talked with Jason about the movie The People Under the Stairs. Yes. Good Be- episode. Because it features uh, Ed and Nadine, the actors, in different roles. As a nasty, cannibalistic, incestuous couple? Yes. Ooh. Yeah. Get my skin crawling. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Wendy, Roby, and I forgot who plays Ed. Uh, Everett McGill. Everett McGill, thank you. But yeah, very good episode. Check that out, rabbitholepodcast.com. All right, now now back, we're, I'm sorry, uh, where was I? Okay, 
Nadine's suicide. Yep. So next scene, we see, uh, and you cannot be able to this one here because I guess uh, Josie, or I guess Norma's ex Hank gets a payment from Josie. Yes. And I guess the payment is to make sure that Hank stays quiet about the somewhat murder of Josie's ex-husband. Yes. Are we to make it clear? Is it believed that Josie actually killed her husband and is paying off That's something to, to consider. Quiet? I don't know if that's how it works out, but that is, I think that's what they're trying to get you to understand. Or at least trying to fool you into thinking. Because hate makes her take a blood oath. Yes, he does. Oh, God, what a gross scene. Oh my god, that made me so uncomfortable. I was, I was, and I really I really dislike how Josie spends most of her screen time with other episodes just cowering in fear. She really she's just completely put upon in every single scene in which she appears. Just always seems to be like victimized. Yes. I, I would say that she's kind of the She's the analog to Laura Palmer. She's the surviving Laura Palmer. Surviving Laura Palmer. Okay. Oh, very fascinating. Okay. Um, now, Catherine is looking for the ledger. Right. And Pete shows up, and she starts roaming up to Pete a little bit. And she's like, you know, I'm so sorry that things got so bad between us. And she starts playing up to him a little bit. And Pete, being the big kind of softy that he is, he falls for a little bit. And I don't think Pete is necessarily an idiot. No, Pete... he's not. He's just a... He's he's simple. Yes. But he's not simple stupid. Yes. He, he believes the good people. Yes, exactly. Yes, he's, he's very much a benevolent figure. And so when... I mean, these two have been married. And I'm right. sure at one point... They were sure in they love. love each other at some point. But at the same time, too, I'm thinking that she maybe pretended to be in love with him to get the mill. That's, yeah, that's completely reasonable. It was just like, all right, well, here's this guy. I need to show that I'm married to get my hands on this property. So it's clear I'm that... I'm sure that he loved her. Yes. It's been a long time, but I'm sure he did. Like he doesn't hate her. There's oh, yeah. not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of acrimony there. But I think that even he can acknowledge that their marriage has not been performing at the level that it it once did. Hundred uh, percent. So it's clear that she wants to try to like use Pete's help to try and find the ledger. Yeah, and uh, there's a great moment where he's looking at his high school yearbook in that scene that demonstrates such such a delicate quality that I think that with Jack Nance, you know, you're used to uh, a racer head or you're used to his character in wild at heart where he's completely demented mm -hmm. and you you're scared of him, but he has these little delicate moments in this series. Like, like when he's going through his high school yearbook where you just, you can't help but be, you know, kind of in rapturous love with this character. hundred percent. There's no, there's no downside to him. No, one hundred percent. It's just, yeah. it's just an open beating heart. Very much so. So in this sequence, they're at they're at the station, 
and Lucy overhears Andy's heroics and how he shot the guy, and it kind of turns around a little bit. Yeah. Which means, which means by other points, women love violence. So. Oh, we all know that to be true. I mean, just ask my girlfriend. She really loves it when I go into liquor stores and shoot them up. I bet That's you, why I do it constantly. When you're on a date, do you just like randomly punch a guy in the face? Oh, even before, even on non-dates. <laughs> non I just walk into Panera Breads and just start clocking people in the mouth. Oh, it's it's such a nice release. It helps me get through the day. I just, I love punching people in the puss. All right. Now, once we get done with our case files and I come out to your place to visit you and you greet me with a sock in the jaw, I'll expect that. You'll know that that is me saying I love you. Okay, good. Appreciate that. All right, see? No. Now, so after this, uh, so uh, Andy and Lucy, they reconcile, they yes. kiss, and Lucy tells Andy that she's pregnant. Ooh! Which Andy doesn't take well. No, he does not. He, he just... responds in the way that as a woman who is pregnant, you don't want the father to respond. And that is to walk, walk away. Yes. Right. Oh, oh, uh, kills me. Does, but they're so cute together. Love it. I uh, know. And you just want them to work it out. Yeah, I mean, it, no, we said this before. I think that Andy's actually one of the good guys. Andy and Cooper. Yes. They're they're definitely the people there. Uh, now Bobby poses as Leo and calls the station, talks to Lucy, and gives up James' name as a clue and says he's a real easy writer. I, I never got that. I know the references maybe to the movie Easy Rider, but I don't know what that means for the show. Like, why, why is that because? Well, I mean, because James? because well, so in the movie Easy Rider, they kept their cocaine inside the tank of oh. their uh, motorcycle. Oh, okay, okay, that made, that made sense then. I thought. What he's the easy rider. Uh, how does, how, what does that have to do with like Laura's death? He just likes to ride cycles, but that's okay. That made sense now. And oh, I did not oh. put that together until literally right now. Okay, really. But that's how this stuff works. Per okay. Oh, brilliant. Okay, sweetness. Uh, all right. Now at the hospital, Jacques is talking to Cooper and Harry. Uh, he tells them that it was Laura's idea. To have her and Rosette pose for Ronette. those Ronette, sorry, Ronette pose for those ads for Flesh World, uh, and that they have been out to Leo's cabin before. Right. And I guess at the night of the murder, uh, Jacques passed out because of a fight that him and Leo got into. He claims that the girls were with Leo when he passed out. Yes. Now, the doc tells both Harry and Cooper that Jacoby saw Laura before he was attacked. And apparently he had a heart attack after he was attacked. Had a heart attack. Okay. So I didn't, I didn't catch that part there. Okay, very cool. All right. Uh, now, Hank calls Catherine. You mean shitbag? Shitbag. Sorry. My apologies. Yeah, Ship get it right, Vern. Ship I don't want to have to correct you Sorry. Brian? Yep. 
I'm sorry. So, Shippe, who's somehow got was married to Norma. Dear, dear, sweet Norma. <sighs> dear, sweet, beautiful Norma, why did you ever fall for this shitbag? In fact, in fact, why do all these other ladies in this town fall for the ship aids? This is just... I'll never get it. Women, am I right? <laughs> no. Just a woman of this... Just a lot of the women of this town, like, I, I, I should move there. I should... Man. They might as well just rename the town Unhealthy Relationships. <laughs> 100%. Population, these six women. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so... Hate calls Cat Ship Aid calls Catherine and says he has the ledger. And uh meet him at the mill? Yes. Before she goes, she does pack a gun. Yep. To prepare for that. Uh Ed comes back home to see Nadine is well, I, I wrote down dead. Not dead, but she's she so, is uh, passed out. She's severely injured. Ed sees all the pills and is like, Nadine, what'd you do? Calls an ambulance. As if she can answer him. <laughs> Nadine, what'd you do? Why would you answer me? A couple slaps on the face. That wakes you out of a coma. Please. Sure, why not? Please, Come wake on, up. Ed. You have no pulse. You're not talking to me anymore. Well, that's it. Fine, don't talk to me. Consider this a divorce. <laughs> you out of you unconscious lady. <laughs> Told you to do something more with your life, and all you do is just lay around and just do nothing. This is what happens when you try to make silent drapes. <laughs> uh, all right. So after that, uh, we we're back at the double R, and Hate is warming up to Norma. And yeah, he's trying to seduce her. And they kiss, but she has a look in her face about someone who just kissed a lion. Like, yeah. oh, you know what, Brian? That kiss, when she kissed Shipbag, it reminds me of that scene uh, from Cabin in the Woods. Oh, okay. Where she goes to kiss that uh, statue of a lion. Yeah. And yeah, totally. It's very, you're not quite sure what's going to happen. Like She has that scared look in her face, and that's what that reminded me of for some reason. That's a nice pull. Very well done. Thank you. Uh, so, all right, so after that, uh, if I go into, all right, um, okay. Ed, oh, yeah, so Ed comes home, all right, the, Ed comes in to see 19. Uh, so at back to the station, the boys are about to close in on where they think Leo is. Right. Leland uh, comes into the station and wants to know if they caught the killer. And uh, Harry's there. He says, no, we, we have a suspect in question right now. But Leland's like, you caught the guy. You caught the killer. Uh, and James wants to tell Cooper something. James gives Cooper a tape of Laura. He tells them, like, I think your suspect's on the tape. He drives a red convertible. Now, Cooper shows him the drugs that were planted in his motorcycle and kind of wants to know more things are happening. And I think Cooper is smart to the idea that whatever James and Donna and Madison did, he's like kind of hip to it. He doesn't know exactly all the details, but he's hip to the fact that they did something. Like, they're involved with J Jacoby in some way. Yeah. 
and he's doubting James for the first time ever. Like, yeah. He got he understood that James was a good kid the first time that they met. And I think that he's been kind of, you know, looking out for him. But it, now, having found the drugs, he is suspicious of, of James for really the first time. But it seems also to kind of know that they were involved with Jacoby's attack. Not they, they didn't attack him, but they sort of, like, were involved with getting him out to the, um... I would, uh, not placebo. To the gazebo? Gazebo. Why am I saying placebo? Gazebo, sorry. <laughs> it's a placebo. You know what? If only Nadine didn't take placebos. Oh! <laughs> oh. Bad. You're right. Yeah, I think he's... I think Cooper's playing the long game in this. Okay. Okay. So, um... Alright. So, Hink Shipaid calls Benjamin Horn at the uh, the um, the One Eye Jacks. One Eye Jacks, yep. Because he's there trying to close the deal with the Swedes and says Leo is going to get a house call. And Benjamin says, "Proceed." Yes. Bobby and signs the deal for the Ghostwood uh, community and golf course to be financed by the Swedes. Okay. Ghostwood Estates. So got that. Okay. Uh, let's go back here. All right. So after that, Bobby comes to meet Shelly at her place, but is ambushed by Leo. With an axe. Yes. And right when Leo is about to strike him down with an axe, Jack Torn style, who ends up shooting him? Shitbag. Shitbag shoots him through the window. And it is so satisfying. Leo getting shot will never be anything less than satisfying. I kind of wish it was done by Shelly. Yeah, I do too. Shelly did shoot that one time, but I want both Shelly... I want just Shelly to have, like... If it was, like, an hour-long episode of just Shelly torturing Leo... Oh, that'd that. be great. Wouldn't that, that be the best episode ever? That would be just this amazing episode. That would be just like, oh my gosh, just joy upon joy of that. Cutting off his ponytail and stuffing it down his throat. Oh, that would be delightful. Oh, just, yeah, just completely emasculating him is yes. what I want to see. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Bobby, uh, oh, sorry, sorry, I missed part. Sorry, nope, wrong note there. So, Catherine comes to the mill to meet up with Shipaid and yes. she finds Shelly tied up. Right. But, and the funny part is that she has a gag on your on her mouth and Catherine says, I can't understand what you're saying. Yeah, no shit, lady. She's got a gag in her mouth. That's kind of the point of gags. It's also kind of like she's she doesn't rescue her right away. Because no, she takes her time. Like, you, you start to wonder if she's going to let her stay there tied up. Because she wants to kind of play the angel. Which I guess is angle. a nice fake out. Well, because I'm pretty sure because she feels that she's getting set up for something. Right. Because she thinks that Shelly is somehow working with Shipaid. Right. And so she's kind of concerned. And, but until she sees the place starting to fall apart. And then she's like, all right, fine. I'll just rescue you now. 
Yeah, it, and she's such a morally ambivalent character that you really don't know what she's going to do in that moment that I found really effective. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it proves that she's not a total terrible person. I mean, yeah, she right. does terrible she, things. She's not completely heartless. But she's not going to let someone burn to death. So, hey, good right. on you, Catherine. All right? You're not, yeah, good for you, Catherine. You're not totally bad. We stand a legend. Yeah. <laughs> you're still bad, but you're not totally bad. Yeah, we don't totally hate you anymore. We just, we just kind of hate you. Kind of hate you, exactly. Back at the hospital, uh, now this is, I think this is like um, Mark Frost sort of like homage to Halloween 2. Ah, interesting. I didn't put that together, but yeah, or, totally. Or, or maybe it's just homage to Halloween 3 because both movies have sequences set at a hospital and when Leland goes to murder Jacques with the pillow, it kind of, or it could be his reference to the Godfather. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. There's, because don't they kill someone in the hospital using the pillow and strangle them? Uh, well, I mean, there's the hospital sequence where they wheel Don Cor Corleone into the hallway and into another room. Okay. In oh. the, the assassination attempt, but nobody actually gets uh, killed with a pillow in The Godfather. Fair, fair At least, enough. as I remember, The Godfather. Okay, but I'm pretty sure... Okay. But I think Halloween 2 is a good way of looking at it. I think you're right, yes. Ha Halloween 2, I know that was set a hospital, I know that Michael Myers kills many people with a pillow, and I'm pretty sure, at the very beginning of Halloween 3, uh, when the robot assailant comes into the hospital to kill the guy who had the mask of Silver Shamrock... He kills that guy with a pillow, and I'm pretty sure those gloved hands that Leland was wearing are probably the same gloved hands that the assailant wore in Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Listeners out there, prove me wrong. You know what I think it is? I think it's a reference to Giallo movies, or oh. Gialli, I guess I should say, because it's always the black-gloved killer, and their, their face is always uh, obscured or not in the frame. And the way that he takes that uh, that tape and straps Jacques's arm to the uh, to the straps on the bed uh, completely reminded me of something like you know Deep Red Ooh. or Tenebrae. Very good. Tenebrae, great soundtrack by the, the way. The best. Oh my God, Tenebrae rules. So good. But I'm kind of considered that one to be the other of the Three Mothers movies. I mean, I know this is Inferno, know, Inferno, Tenebrae, Suspiria. And Suspiria, yeah. I've not, I've not seen uh, the Mother of Tears yet. Which, I which, have not either, but I don't hear any good things about it. Either. Okay, oh, fair enough. But man, Inferno, that thing is awesome. Inferno's a great movie. My gosh. Oh, damn. All right, that might be a bummer bonus show to talk about Inferno and Tenebrae. But all right. Hell yeah. Get back to all right. So we do we do see that the peop, the guy who murdered Jack is Leland. Yes. So Leland got his revenge, or what he thinks is or his revenge. Or did he? Or yeah, we're not mm. quite sure because like they said before, uh, Jack was sort of passed out. It was Leo that was with the girls. So I don't know. Leo was to be our main guy, but Leo got shot. Yeah, to be continued. I'm not sure there. So, back at one I chat, Ben signs the deals with Norwegians and wants to celebrate. He's going to celebrate by meeting the new girl. 
who is Audrey? Awkward. Very much so. So, was she waiting around this whole time with all the stuff happening? Was it just like, because it seems like a very short enough amount of time between like her saying, you're going to meet the owner and having the owner show up, but we had all this stuff happening in Twin Peaks with Nadine killing herself and getting information from Jack and um, uh, you know Leo the way I look and... at it, I look at it as Audrey being the most patient woman on the face of the earth. My God, what what a saint that woman is! I mean, I imagine that when she goes to the doctor's office and she has to read like four copies of highlights before they get to her. I have to imagine that she's a pretty cool customer. Like, I was almost getting to Goofus and Gallant. Why are you pulling me away? <laughs> wow. Damn. That's that is that's a very that's a that's a one hell of a woman right there. Yeah. Gotta get me one of those. I mean, I'm I'm just kidding, sweetie. I didn't mean that. <laughs> uh, so back at the hotel, Cooper is getting ready to settle down. Um, he did say call saying that Leo has been shot. I believe it was Andy saying on the phone that Leo's been shot. He did say, knock on the door, opens the door, and he's shot. Three times in the chest. And that's where we end our episode. There's like 18 cliffhangers going on here. Clearly they knew they were coming back because... If you left this thing unresolved, oh my god, you would hear from it immediately. You know what, um, speaking of things that are kind of unresolved here, I, I do have to play that tape that Ashley left, okay? Okay. Hey Doc, how are things? It's me again. I've been having those dreams again. You know, the strange ones, the so-called naughty ones that only I can talk to you about. Oh, man. Oh, man. I swear, one night I dreamt I was a fox chasing this little rabbit. But when I got my mouth on the little critter and started devouring it, I became the rabbit itself. And I looked up and saw the fox's face. And you know what I saw? Doc, I... I saw sadness in that animal's eyes, and I felt bad for him. Kind of fucked up, I know. (laughs) I worry about my boyfriend. Okay, fine, my little boy toy. I don't have much feeling for him, but I do love fucking him. Does that make me a bad person, Doc? He does really like me, and... I'm afraid he got jealous seeing me flirt with the other men at the Bang Bang. Look, Doc, you know I got fellas, and some of them are the fucking coolest. And I love them all. But usually I would calm him down, but this time there was an anger I've never saw before in him. Kind of scared me. But I need to remember that I'm the fox. And he's the rabbit. Bye, Doc. Hope you enjoyed those photos I sent you. Right, what's your take on the last uh, message our dear waitress Ashley left? 
I say it sounds like something that better get resolved in the next episode or else people are going to have the hell to pay. We're going to have to start, we have to start questioning a lot of people. We've got to question her, her doc. Uh, definitely want to talk to her boyfriend. Uh, I'm hoping we can get this double R diner back up and running again. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I need my pie. I need my pie. I'm pretty sure. my cigarettes. You know, I'm pretty sure we talked to Jason Soto. I'm pretty sure we can probably get all of the whatever bills that Lorraine owes. We need to get that shit taken care of. Yeah. All right. Um, before I do go and we leave, because this is it, folks. This is our kind of last episode of the Tales of Double R, at least for a little bit. Yeah, this is the season finale. The season finale. Uh, during this time, I'm going to try to, like, we're going to maybe start up a YouTube page. And we're going to start maybe releasing a few episodes on the Patreon, which you can only get on the Rabbit Hole Patreon page. So that will be happening at least during the time of this hiatus. All right. Uh, before we do uh, go, Ryan, have you seen anything that you want to recommend our listeners to keep watch out for? Uh, sure. I mean, this is not going to be a new thing. It's a television series. It's my favorite postmodern soap opera, and that is The O.C. Okay. Uh, I've been rewatching the show. I think I'm on like my fifth rewatch of the entire series, and I've been watching it all week. I've made. I went from like. Episode three of season two, which is 24 episodes, to close to the end of season three, which is 25 episodes. And I'm going through a lot of emotional stuff lately, and this show is endlessly soothing to me. It's like a warm sits bath. And I never tire of coming back to it. Everything that I love about it, I still love, and I find new things to love every time. And if you're interested in starting it, it, it sounds like it's a cheesy crap fest, but it really is quite delightful. And you can find it on uh, Hulu and on HBO Max at the moment. So what's the basic premise of the OC? It's about a kid from Chino named Ryan. So clearly I already like this show because it's it's introducing characters that have names that I have. And he uh, is busted by the cops for stealing a car. So his lawyer, Sandy Cohen, played by Peter Gallagher, takes him in and he becomes a surrogate brother to Sandy's son, Seth, and a surrogate son to his wife, Kirsten. And it's just trials and tribulations of this kid from the wrong side of the tracks who's suddenly in an affluent neighborhood. Oh. It really is one of the most delightful television shows ever made. Is this that show that has that theme song that that says California? That's California. The one. That, that's the one. That's oh, the one. So I know that theme song. Uh, it always like plays, and I'm like, all right, that's a cool song. It's next, and then I just kind of skip past it because it looked like a like a 90210 table show. And no, no, it's not. No, Vern, no, it's uh, not 90210. It's much better. For, for, I'm sure it probably is. I just, I'm just the way they embarked with the show just feels like. Wow, really beautiful, rich people in a rich neighborhood that I will never be able to visit. I, I would go step one place there, but you, you are not anywhere near the look as us. Get out of here. 
Go beat his well, coffee. Well, I mean, that part is true. They would kick <laughs> us both out for not being good-looking enough. But, I mean, I have family in Laguna Niguel, and I think that's as close to Orange County as I can ever get. I believe that the city has a restraining order against me, despite the fact that I've never set foot there. Oh, wow. Damn, okay. All right. Fair enough. I'm not going to say what I did, but it was bad. bad? Oh. It was really bad. Shit. Maybe they'll make a TV show about you now. Uh, I wouldn't watch that. Show. <laughs> I wouldn't advise them to do that. Oh, uh, well, that's cool. What you got the OCUT? Well, that's, that's a cool recommendation. Uh, my recommendation is one that I have to watch again because I didn't quite understand it. So I'm not quite sure if I like it or not. And that is Brandon Cronenberg's latest feature, Infinity Pool. I am like you. I do not know if I like it or am puzzled. I need to I watch really it again. Don't know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Without a spoiler this year, it's about uh, Alexander Skarsgård and his girlfriend. Uh, they're on vacation in Lithuania. They're in some foreign place. I forgot the is name. that what it is? I forgot the actual... never. I don't think they ever say where it is. I don't, they're, they're in some sort of like country. Um, and during one night after you know a party happens and they're driving back, uh, his character hits a person, and they have a death penalty right away. Like you're gonna be dead for killing this person. But um, if you pay this amount of money, we'll have a clone made. And that person would get killed instead. And killed in a brutal fashion. Yes. Oh my god. Stabbed repeatedly. Ugh. And after brutal. that he starts to develop a little taste of it and decides to stay a bit longer, that's all I'm gonna say. It does have Bia Goth in there and oh my god. Oh Bia Goth is so incredibly beautiful and sexy in this movie. Oh just that that is like Wonderful, and I know the movie uh, first game was given like an NC-17 rating for the orgy sequences, but it's like a lot of stuff that happens in that orgy sequence you can barely see what happens. It's yeah, that's that's where the <clears throat> that's where the uh, the warning at the beginning of the film saying that there are some strobe lights that will affect people with uh, neuro disorders. It's like that's a, that's a good place to put that disclaimer because boy was I having a difficult time with that scene. Oh sure, I mean, but I I was I I knew that it was cut down from an NC-17 to an R. They say they took out like maybe five seconds of footage, so I was expecting in that origin sequence to see like body parts or you know some titties and some ass something like there. We got some of that. You got some of the two, but it's all, but too much stupid lights happening. That's the key thing here. If you do get invited to an orgy, Ryan, uh, please As I do. leave your rave lights at home. Oh man, I already packed them up. No, oh, leave them at home. Your okay. strobe lights, your flashlights, leave that shit at home. Everyone, if you go to an orgy, please leave all flashlights, rave lights, all that shit. Leave that shit at home. Right. But no one... do bring your gruesome masks. Oh, oh my God. I, those, those masks are good for any occasion. When I first saw them, I thought it was actually a deformed person's face. I thought too. creeped me the fuck out. I thought it was like uh, some sort of like uh, like a clone gone wrong. Yeah, yeah. 
So, all right. So, two completely different recommendations: The OC and Infinity Pool. I have I don't a feeling know what you're talking about. Those sound like very similar things to me. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that most people out there will have probably a lot. Uh, oh, probably a less traumatic time watching the OC than watching Infinity Pool. Plus, you're able to understand the OC more than Infinity Pool. Like, you can watch the whole, like, 20 hours of the OC and understand everything. You can watch about maybe 30 minutes of Infinity Pool and we're like, I don't understand any of this shit. Yeah, and at no point in the OC does Mia Goth uh, jerk off a guy who's taking a piss. Which, that's, that's another thing that baffled my mind right there. Like, you're peeing, and some and some of the person describes you junk, and starts, like, jerking you off right there. I'm like, first of all, yeah, I, I, I get hot and everything, but I just got done peeing, alright? It's going to take me a little while there to, like, you know, get aroused with someone's hand right there. I mean, but they did. I'm learning things about you I never knew, Vern. It's me a goth. So, I mean... Would I be able to get up for, like, just right there after I get done peeing? I don't know. These things are just baffling my mind, Ryan. Okay, I'm sorry I brought it up. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> no, I'm, uh, I feel like I could, I could have a whole, like, 40-minute conversation talking about me and Dallas handjob. Sorry. <laughs> well, you're going to have to have it with Jason Soto because I ain't having that conversation, sir. Okay. All right, uh, boy, this is a bad note to leave this episode out, but tell us yeah, the I don't know why we ended here, but <laughs> whatever. What are you gonna do? I'm sorry, everyone. Uh, but to my wonderful special agent Ryan Louise Rodriguez, um, do you have anything coming up on the uh, Reels of Justice that you want to share, or anything on uh, um, your other show, The Woodchuck Mind, that you want to share as well? Sure. So Reels of Justice, we're constantly doing things, so I never know what's coming out. But on One Track Mind, uh, I guess whenever this drops, about a week and a half later, we're going to start the Evil Dead trilogy. Ooh. And do the first uh, movie with a commentary by Bruce Campbell. Uh, Evil Dead 2 with, uh, with Sam Raimi, Bruce Campbell, uh, Scott Spiegel, and uh, Greg Nicotero. And then uh, Army of Darkness with uh, Raimi, Campbell, and uh, Raimi's brother, Ivan. Oh, very cool. I'm very excited to check that one out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I love the Evil Dead movies. I own, own the first uh, no, the first one I think I have on DVD, the Evil Dead. But both Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness, I still have the VHS copies. Oh, wow. And I, I have not yet upgraded those yet. Well, uh, the Army of Darkness uh, Shout Factory just put out a 4K set that is awesome. It's like four discs, but four. Uh, totally worth it. And uh, uh, Lionsgate also put out a 4K uh, Evil Dead 2 that looks amazing. Really? Oh. Yeah. And they also put out the original Evil Dead in 4K, which also looks great, but not as good as Evil Dead 2, which is one of the uh, best-looking movies ever made. Oh, very cool. Well, hell yeah, man. All right. We'll rock and roll. Um, all right. And as for Cinema Recall, I know that Ashley and I are prepping to put together more episodes in March. Uh, I believe right now you can still listen to our episodes on David Cronenberg Films. Uh, I believe the one that's going to be released 
uh, very soon is the one on Cosmopolis, uh, featuring Pete of the Middle Class Film Class podcast. Ooh, never seen that one. Nice. Very cool. Yes. All right. All right, folks. That's it. Uh, we're going to shut down the Double R Diner, and we'll be back next week. We will? No, not next week. We will be back sometime. I may be back next week because I got the fucking keys, and there's still coffee, and there's still pastry goodness. I need to put that in the fridge and come back here anytime. Yeah, me worried there for a second. I was like, in a week? No. I'm going to be back here in a week? No, not a week. Well, I promise you, we'll probably be back in... It's it's probably February. We'll probably be back in late March. Yeah, totally. All right. But thanks for listening. Please check out our back catalog of case files so you can catch up with everything that happened between now and then. Yep. You got seven episodes you can go through and listen and peruse at your own leisure. It's great stuff. Great stuff here. Very cool. Thanks, Ryan. Copyright 2023 Rabbit Hole Podcast, rabbithole podcast.com.